Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 37, with this week's guest, the amazing Mr. Michael Smiley. Um, Thank you for tuning in, guys. It means a lot. It always means a lot. Um, I need to ask you to check out speechdevelopmentrecords.com. It's my website. It's my a record label you can buy my edinburgh fringe show which we talk about in this episode uh which was five star review sold out for the full 19 show run it's just a fiver to digitally download or a two disc special for 15 quid with interviews with kate tempest moose rock wonga tim key polar bear um it's really good. Check it out. Um, also, you can pre-order the B. Dolan record, which I know you're all getting hyped about because it's going to be the album of the year. Check that out. There's really good deals on the on, on bundles for his t-shirts, all sorts of stuff like that. Check o- check 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 over check check. Go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and buy my shit. Um, this week's guest, Michael Smiley. Uh, I hardly want to give any intro because he's done many many amazing things from and we talk about them from space to kill list to 15 stories higher to to um to luther geez he's in luther and he's amazing in it um he's he's done loads of amazing stuff we talk about it all but we also talk about his upbringing you know in 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 northern ireland in the in the in the 60s and 70s there's a lot of great stuff to talk about and he's just as it kind of comes from his story is his success has come from being a great and engaging talker an interesting person and that's exactly what we want on this podcast so i'll be back at the end with some extra information but until then this is the distraction pieces podcast episode 37 with michael smiley this piece of fiction is the intro to distraction this piece of fiction is the intro to distraction Right, I'm joined by Mr. Michael Smiley. How are you doing, sir? Very well, Mr. Pip. Very well. It's, it's lovely to have you here. Have you had a good, good, good journey in on this sunny day? Yeah, it's been all right. You know, I just I was going to go out earlier on, and I decided to stay in. Yeah. Because uh, then the missus went out. You see, so then I had to house to myself, and then you just revert to being a, a child, don't you? Yeah, it's that excitement so, of, of yeah, just stripped down the your underpants you, yeah. and then some cornflakes straight out of the box. I don't care. Oh, why wouldn't you? It's the um, I've 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 lived on my own now for about six or seven years, and I forget what life was like living with other people. I forget that yeah. you know you generally put clothes on as you leave the bedroom often. Yeah. But other than that, you know, that's that's, that's alien to me and to my postman, as he's, he's very yeah, aware as, as I, he's he regularly like, gets greeted by as you me in my the, underwear. As you're getting the terse emails from the post office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I've always um, lived with somebody. Yeah. I've never lived on my own. Yeah. So I'm the opposite, you know, and I'm, I'm slightly jealous of men living on their own. I always have this... Um, sort of mental picture of me, like the opening scenes in the Ipcris file with uh, Michael Caine gets up yeah. in the morning and he squeezes orange juice and he, he uh, you know, and he uh, grinds his coffee beans and yeah, he puts yeah, a bit yeah. of light jazz on, you know what yeah. I mean? A bit Art Blakey or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah, um, completely. Gets ready for the day and looks at his minimalist but beautiful wardrobe of clothes that he's got and just makes himself just so and then goes out in a half, you know, ambivalent attitude to the, towards the world. And I love that. I love the idea of that. But I know it wouldn't be the case. You it see, wouldn't be the case. The beauty of spending... And again, I think... I've 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 lived with friends only only once and I couldn't I couldn't handle it. I'm a bit weird and I like my space and things like that. But 
are one of the advantages I find of, of spending a, a lot of time on your own. Obviously, you know, my girlfriend's over fairly regularly, but still, I've spent a lot of time on my own. The whole wardrobe thing isn't even an issue. I swear this week I've worn the same clothes every day because it's, I've just popped on some, some jogging bottoms to socks, lounge about the house. Socks different, obviously. Yeah, oh, obviously, I'm, so, I'm not an animal. Yeah, box, Jesus. Fresh, box fresh in the undercrackers. <laughs> yeah, box fresh every morning. So you, with the, the girlfriend, is, um, does she, she got a toothbrush left at your place? She's and got a, t- a toothbrush, yeah. And that sort but, of thing? Uh, that's fine, yeah. She's there's, moving there's, in. She's slowly but surely moving in, isn't she? It's a gradual thing. I'm, I'm handling it okay, so, yeah. you know... But again, it's, it's that, yeah, it's that comfort of, I don't know, yeah, of, of, of solitude. I don't like a, a, a when people refuse to define a difference between lonely and, and lone, yeah, essentially. Alone. Yeah. Alone, Are you yeah. alone? Are you lonely? Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time this last week alone. I've not, I've not felt lonely. I've been, I've been working. I've been yeah. doing stuff. It just happens to be stuff that doesn't need other humans. I mean, you live in London, you know, you, if you don't want to be alone, you just go outside the front door with yeah. all the cacophony goes on, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I like it. I like a bit of time on my own. I love time with the family. I just I like being about. I'm a bit of a gregarious loner as well, though. Yeah. I like bouncing around between different um, parts of the world and people and stuff, yeah. you know, and keeping it interesting. You know? I mean, well, you know, that I don't know if that means you've picked the perfect trade or intentionally that's that's caused the trade. But the 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 job of 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 acting, I mean, obviously, initially comedy as as well. That yeah. that the, the, they're both trades that are very much about. Putting your roots down briefly. Yeah, I think wherever you go, stand-ups um, certainly. Um, you know, you're on your own all the time with stand-up because you, apart from when you come off stage, yeah, or before going on, you've got like maybe an hour or two. If you're away, like as a stand-up for maybe uh, I used to be like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah, or Wednesday to Saturday, or maybe up the Midlands or up north or whatever, and it'd be two or three other comedians and you would kill some dead time during the day. You travel up there on a Thursday night, you do the gig on a Thursday night, you'd have drinks afterwards and then um, somebody would say brunch the next day and maybe go to the cinema yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and then kill some time and you always prayed it was with a comedian that you liked. There was yeah. nothing worse than killing time with people that you wanted to kill. Yeah, yeah. Because then you were just looking at skips. Into... You were looking at just iron up <laughs> skips and saying, you, you could climb into that skip. Um. I might get a double set if I get rid of this guy. Yeah, I might get extended set, extra extra time. <laughs> uh, but with acting, you're, this guy. acting, you're um, if you're on location or you're away, then you're embedded in with everybody. Then yeah. you know you're embedded with um, the crew and the, and the fellow actors and your hotel and yeah and all that. You know, um, but yeah, I love that part of it. Do you find that then? Do you find uh, with acting, it's easy to be sociable but, but, but because I kind of or, or from what I've seen I see there's there's also many options to not be because people are, will often have trailers even if it's a small trailer and there's yeah. you know there's a lot of it feels like there's a lot of options to still still be lonesome but you yeah. know a choice as well to go but right. also you've got to keep your powder dry as well you don't want to you know um, um, I remember that my first time on set I would get so giddy Mm. that I just wanted to sort of ricochet around the place and you become yeah. a pain in the arse if you're yeah. not careful. And yeah. you um, and you need to keep your powder dry and work, work it while you're there, you yeah. know, and keep that keep that going. You know, and sometimes, you know, I'm, as I say, I'm quite a friendly person and quite gregarious and that can work against you because you yeah. might have to go to work and then the guy still wants to keep the conversation going or, you know, yeah. um, you've got to work at who to talk to and who not to talk to and it's, don't be the guy, don't be the guy who's um, drawn focus. Yeah. 
Um, so there's all that, you know, no, no when to hold them, no when to fold them, no yeah, when to walk away and no when to run. Yeah. As, <laughs> it's, um, it's, as the late great Kenny Rogers used to say. Stuff to live by. It's interesting because yeah. I've, I've, I've just had my first, I'm doing Kenny Rogers is not dead, by the way, it's just he's always late. <laughs> yeah. He's never, he's not dead. That's how he was known to his yeah. close friends and family. He's great and he's always late. He's Kenny Rogers. Um, but, but no, ex- exactly. I've been having my first experiences on set and I'm, again, there's a lot there I need to learn because I'm, Going, I'm I'm over the moon. I'm just like I I I want to even if I'm not involved, I'd like to be somewhere just just watching and being and that can yeah. particularly if it's a long headphones shoot, a night really shoot, good. things like that. Headphones yeah. are a good idea. Yeah, because headphones um, you're there and you're present, but you're not there. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, you can be amongst it, but at the yeah. same time you're giving people their space. Yeah, and you're yeah, listening yeah, to music that's potentially applicable to what your next scene's going to be. Yeah, so it can he- help you stay tip, in yeah. stay in the flavor. You know, yeah, um, that sort of thing helps as well. That makes a lot of sense. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I kind of uh, I always f- feel I should st- st- start at the beginning, but I'm re- I'm rarely um, keen to. Well, I guess we can. Uh, growing up in mm-hmm. or in in in, in Belfast in in the sixties and seventies, right? In Hollywood. In Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. I'm from Hollywood. I, I always everybody always naturally because of the accent will go to Belfast. Yeah. And I I'm under pain. Of um, not because I'm a pedant, yeah. just because when I go back home to Hollywood, people are going, "What's all this Belfast stuff?" You know? Yeah. So I'm from Hollywood. I was born and raised in a town called Hollywood, which yeah. is um, about three miles outside of Belfast. Right. Yeah. Um, near George Best Airport, East Belfast nice. way, along the southern yeah. lip of Belfast Lock. So that's where I was born and raised. And my yeah. um, uh, so I was there till I was 19, and then I came to London. I mean, was that was a hell of a time to to, to be living in? In, in Northern Ireland, right, or in Ireland? Yeah, I just How think, you was know... It? Was it not really... I don't really remember thinking, God, this is a, really, a hell of a time to be yeah. living in Northern Ireland. Yeah. I don't think that really happens in your head. Yeah, of But, course. you know, you're aware that, you know, obviously you're aware that stuff's going on and obviously you're aware of, you know, the fluctuating um, ambience around you. Yeah. You know, um, sure. I grew up in a housing estate. I grew up in a group with a, a group of housing estates around me. So you've got that, you know, there's an animalistic quality of your... Um, of yeah. your peer group around you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you sort of, it's like sometimes the, the zoos, the wardens have went away and left all the doors open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but, you know, I don't know, was Northern Ireland was a, a really vibrant place as well. You know, one of the things I remember, like, I, I, you learn to stay away from the nutters. And then, yeah. I, I was a bit of a nutter myself. But <laughs> you stay away from the dullards, you know, yeah. the... Um, the dancers and the mu- and the uh, musicians and the yeah. funny people I went closer to, you know yep, what I mean? Sure. And there was always guys in my house in the state, like there was heroes for me, were um, people like, um, you know, Bo and Les and Dickie and, um, and Wilfie and, and Vinti and all them boys who had garage bands, you know, there was right. a garage around the back. There's yeah, a collection yeah, yeah. of car guards that nobody ever parked a car in apart from the weirdos. Yeah. So that was the place where they went and learned yeah, yeah. um, Neil Young and Van Morrison Brilliant. and Joni Mitchell back catalogues and a wee bit of that, you know. And then, there, there, you know, there was, um, yeah, there was loads of um, men as well mm. who was, uh, who's passed on now, God rest his soul. But he was, he was one of the first sort of um, older blokes who really treated me like an equal. Right. So you remember that stuff, you know, yeah, remember guys in the housing estate who weren't, who weren't ruffling your hair or slapping your head or yeah. t- turning you upside down to shake the money out of you. Yeah. You know, he was like, Mega, how's it going? How's it all going? He'd sit and have a bit of time with you and he always had an acoustic guitar with him, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
and a bottle of cider later on, you know. Um, Perfect. So those were the days, you know, that yeah. was, the, the, if I'm looking for the happy days, those were the days, there was lots of woods behind us, it was the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. So you would disappear up there. Yeah. Uh, or down the shore, you know, down yeah. to Belfast Lock, there was a lot, yeah. of, a lot of action down the shore as well. Uh, but, you know, growing up, for me, it was never really the troubles. For me, it was girls. Yeah. And football. Yeah. And blowing smoke rings and playing keepy-uppy and stuff like it's, that. I mean, I mean, it's amazing how... how how um, how history gets a, a broken down to bullet points and mm, specific. Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jeez, um, and and specific of events, and you forget that in you know that's kind of I don't know a world history or country history is completely different to your own life history yeah. and experiences, and when you're 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 growing up, I guess there's there's only certain things that are going to come into your yeah. Your, well, you know, there's a, the, there was the troubles around you, you know yeah. what I mean? There was paramilitaries around you, there was this, that and the other going on. But they didn't take up front stage, yeah. you know. Front of stage for me was my mates who got to the top of the fir tree on a Saturday morning yeah. first. Yeah. That was just, that was the, you know. And then later on when, you know, I, I'd went, like I was 11, I um, ended up going to a boarding school. Um, way up the Antrim coast yeah. so again I was ostracised from yeah. that I went into another microclimate another yeah. uh, micro society from yeah. I was 11 till I was 16 so you know there was um, I wasn't spending all day every day in the housing estate you yeah, know? I was course. away so, you know? so so you left or you moved over to to, to London at quite a, a young age really yeah 19 or what, or what was the motivation for that my motivation was to um come to London, earn some money and travel around the world. Yeah. That was the, the idea, you know. I had um, the year, year and a half before that, I'd hitchhiked from Belfast to the south of France and worked on the vineyards oh, wow. and then bummed on the trains up to Amsterdam and, you know, done a bit of that and, yeah. and came home. And because I'd been away from home at school, there was always the ties that bound were quite loose, yeah. you know, and I, I wanted to get out and see the world out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's got to be... A- a good thing there of the experience of something like a boarding school at such an early age is it yeah it kind of it instantly makes your experience being away from yeah boarding from school has where you lived yeah boarding school has a lot of um it does have a lot of problems it ca- you know makes you either over emotional or on completely unemotional yeah. you know it's a breeding ground for um Psychopaths, really, yeah. you know. Right, yeah. um, I don't. I mean, psychopaths in, in the sense of somebody who doesn't care about the feelings of other people. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in um, in power who were brought up within the public school yeah. boarding school system, and you know, you know, this didn't happen to me. But if your parents send you away at eight years of age, you yeah. know, um, it hardens the heart towards people yeah. around you. It's hard to have empathy. For yeah, anybody, no, if you've point. been if you've been sent away to, you know, to a dorm, freezing cold dormitory somewhere in Wiltshire or somewhere yeah. down on the coast, and you see your parents every Easter or whatever, you yeah. know, that's going to harden the heart and it's going to make you care less about. Even though you may decide to become prime minister, for example, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean. It's, it's hard to have example. empathy. You know what I mean. Um, so, you know, and I've seen people like that, and I've seen yeah. a part of me go cold, and I've yeah. seen a part of me that is over emotional. You know, yeah. because it's. You know, you're you're looking after yourself in those environments. I was say, do you think there's a, a, a an instinctual counterbalance there, or, or 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 were you consciously kind of aware of not wanting to be have that feeling of being, you know, to, I don't know, to overcompensate with emotion rather than I think there's lack you know, of emotion. Well, I think you can't you can't constantly live in a state of fear. Yeah. So you've got to try and find a place to cope for yeah. to get to. So there is the fear. 
of um of being away from home and school and you know living on your own up mm-hmm. and away up in the, the wilds that you know but also you've got to find a place where you're comfortable yeah. you know what I mean yeah. I'm sure even Brian Keenan had his yeah. when he was last year radiator found a, a wee comfortable spot a wee sweet spot just over in the corner there yeah. you know yeah you've got to have a, a so preferential you, area yeah you've got a something your in your head that's going to yeah. you know um, but you, it's only later on in hindsight you realise what effect it had on you yeah. you know I remember coming home and not really wanting to be closer to everybody but not because life moves on yeah you know so that sort of then was potentially the seed for me to move on myself yeah I and, mean again it it takes a, the boundaries down a lot I guess for, for whether it feels for better or worse at the time I was I, when I went to school it was it was around a 90 minute journey into into school each day which at the time yeah. we hated because we had to be on the train at six o'clock and things like that but in reality it meant when I was at, you know, a social age or whatever, and socialising, I was going into London and going into, you know, other parts of Essex and travelling about rather than just just having my street, my local pub. You know what I mean? It instantly yeah. had that kind of that that thing of right. There is a world outside yeah. of of the one that we and I think were born you in. know our will is like water. It'll always find a way. You yeah. know, and you know, for me. Um, you know, I came home from school, I was 16, you know, um, and I had that, you know, me and my father, you know, butted horns, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that sort of spurred me on to, to leave as well. I felt like, oh, God, I'm pissing this guy off and we can't I yeah. see eye to eye with him and he's pissing yeah. me off and, you know, I just wanted to get away at, yeah. in the end, you know. Um, and I came to London. The only reason I came to London was I had a connection in London, is what you do. Yeah. If I had a connection in New York, I would have went to New York, you know. Yeah. I just happened to have a friend in London who was saying, why don't you come over here? Yeah. And uh, there's a, the, I'm staying this brilliant B&B in Paddington and the landlady will give you a chit and you go up to the dole office and you get you get your dole paid for. Yeah. And and I did. And, yeah. uh, you know, that uh, next minute I was living in DHSS hostels in, in West London, you know. Yeah. And that was the... the that was amazing, you know, yeah. straight into a massive cosmopolitan environment. Yeah. You know, living in a, um, those big white, you know, um, buildings in um, Paddington and, and right. yeah, yeah, Westbourne yeah. Grove and places like that, you know, and it just being full of people from all over the world. Yeah. And all there, some there for long periods of time, some for short periods of time, some people on the dole, some people just travelling. Mad landlord and landlady who were Hungarian refugees <laughs> who had walked Amazing. from Hungary to Switzerland, Mary yeah. and, uh, Maria and Joseph, who were just mad, drinking, pill-popping, who had dogs, and you'd, you'd go and you'd bring your, uh, your dole money to her for the pay pay your, uh, for your room. She'd come in, my dear, have a, why don't you have a little drinky? So we'd sit down with her and she would give you like the biggest glass of vodka and Coke and it'd be like nine o'clock in the morning and there goes the week and you'd have a wee, she'd give you half a volume. And, Amazing. And it was like, my God, oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and her two dogs would be shagging in front of you in the morning while you were trying <laughs> to have your breakfast, you know. Do you, do, uh, uh, when you're thrust into experiences like that, are, are there any points where you think... What the fuck am I doing? Where am I? What is this? Or do you just have to embrace that and go? I was going. Wow, this is brilliant! Exactly, (laughs) London's mental. Of all these people, you were going out all night. (laughs) You were out all night. Um, You didn't. Nobody knew me. Um, I was going to going to bars and being like these bars in London, and you were meeting all these 
girls and blokes from all over the world and the, the bars used to close, close at three o'clock but then you could become a member of the walkabout club because it was an international club for travellers it stayed right. open during the day so you could sneak into there or you would go to these little shabines you know that, that had geezers with you know sheepskin coats on and had the yeah. middle name the you know uh, <laughs> and you know, getting into that under that the reason that all of a sudden the reason you come to London was to to get into that sort of subterranean life, yeah. Uh, you know, and music, you know, and just my music tastes really expanding and stuff, mm. you know, and meeting people who were, you know, um, into completely different stuff and seeing life from a different POV, you know, they're, gonna, yeah. they're coming from a different angle, you know, their their thoughts were a different fractal from mine, yeah. and being found to be interesting and um, exotic yourself because I came from a place that wasn't exotic and everybody around me, yeah. we were all just what we were and then you become somebody interesting. Completely. I mean, it's it's, it's, an, it's an amazing thing, the realisation that even even if you've even if you, f- you feel your life is the most dull life, it's completely different. It's polar opposite from someone else's yeah. life and that makes it and we know, sit- a story and something yeah. to tell. And we would sit and do what we're doing now. You know, we'd sit and talk and tell each other each other's lives. We'd sit yeah. over, over drinks and, you know, if somebody getting a, didn't get their dole money, you know, the word would go around and then somebody would top up, pop up in the room yeah. with a, you know, a spliff and a, you know, and a, some soup. Somebody made some stew up or went down the market and managed to get... And you, we shared, you know, yeah. and that, that within that environment it became a community, you know. And I think the art of, 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 of that kind of conversation is dying a bit as communities are becoming more fractured. I mean, one of the reasons I started doing this podcast was exactly that, to have, because of, you know, I'm a workaholic in in, in, in certain manners, I realise I don't get to, to, to talk to even even a lot of friends. I've had a lot of friends on and learnt stuff that I wouldn't I wouldn't have sat down in a pub and said, so, yeah. so how was it when you, you first moved to London? Do you know what I mean? That wouldn't have had conversations like that, which... Essentially, a, the, the building blocks of a lot of character. And yeah, I think I think there's other people doing it in their own way somewhere yeah. else. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that they're not doing it with me means that they've already heard my story, right? You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I get that. Or I've already heard theirs. You know, yeah. and it's you know if you're, you know, um, if you know I'm moving around a lot and I'm interested in lots of people. And the great thing about being the privilege of being an actor and the privilege of being a comedian is that you meet lots of new people. Yeah, and you make lots of new friends. And yeah. I think that's the way that that's why actors all call each other love and dove a ducky and all yeah, that is yeah, because yeah. we forget each other's names. We're so yeah. intense for a short period <laughs> yeah, of time, yeah. and then we don't see each other for a year. Yeah. You go, oh, love, how are you, sweetheart? Love you, great yeah. to see you. Um, but it's really intense, and there's a real outpouring of what we're doing now. There's a yeah. lot of getting to know you, and that's in it suits my headspace. You know, yeah. that sort of like I need to get a bit of background on you to be able to work with you in a way. Yeah, and sure, that's so you do course. a bit of that. You know. Um, I went out for dinner recently with Killian Murphy yeah. and Ben Wheatley for dinner and specifically for um, Killian and I to get to know each other because yeah. we're going to be doing a film together. And, Amazing. You know, so get a little bit of intimacy yeah. in, in a way. And, oh, I like him or I better watch. He's not like that or he's like this. And, you know, yeah. that helps you then with the flow of the acting. And when I was coming to London, those that's all you had really was... Yeah. It's, you had somebody had money, somebody didn't. Have, most people didn't have money. You yeah. know, it was eighty three in London. You know yeah, what I mean? Geez, yeah. So people were a lot of people were collaborating and bringing stuff 
to the party yeah. and it would be impromptu parties, you know, it was all back to mine, back to the hotel room. Yeah. Marie and Joseph would be asleep anyway yeah. from about six o'clock onwards and we would go upstairs and take over, it was Danny and Trevor and Neil's room on the top floor, yeah. which is just like a big attic room. And yeah. It was a big quadruple shaped room, you know, a sized yeah, yeah. room. And we'd go up there and have everybody back and there'd be parties and we had the same records. We had Love Machine. The motor. Ah, ah, I'm just a love yep, machine. Yep. That one. Had that uh, 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 12 inch single of uh, Where Did Our Love Go and Tainted Love. Nice. Which is brilliant. Yeah. And every time I hear it now, I'm taken back to there. So yeah. lots of Motown, lots of that sort of stuff. A wee bit of a Amazing. early sort of electro type stuff, you know. Um, like the, you know, that Tears for Fears yeah. and things like that, you know. Um, so that was great, you know. I think back to those days, they're really, really happy days, yeah. really interesting characters. My girlfriend came over, and within uh, about a month of coming over, she was pregnant. So then it was like, right, everything changed again. Yeah, of course. And um, we um, we got married, decided to get married. Yeah. Because we loved each other and um, we're going to have a kid, and why not, you know? Uh, yeah. It seemed like the, what the, the natural thing to do. Yeah. So then we went back home to get married. She went on ahead, I stayed on and worked. And then all these people that I'd met came back to my hub tide for my wedding. Oh, wow. And it was just the maddest. People still talk about it. Yeah. You know, like hippies and punks and skinheads and rude boys and head head the balls, major nutters, yeah. all turned up in my little mad town as well. Yeah. And uh, my wife-to-be was a Protestant girl from the area and I was a Catholic guy from the area. Oh, wow. So we got married Damn. in the Catholic church. We had a wedding reception in the Orange Hall. The army done the catering because my ma worked in the ordnance depot and because we were skint, yeah. she got the the naffy boys to come up and do some cooking for us. And and it was just pandemonium, you know. It was a housing yeah. estate. And the first morning they all turned up. They all got the bus from London to yeah. Belfast via Lawrence Trenrar. And they turned up. My mum opened the door, she went shopping. And it's just all these mad punks and, you know, hippies and nut nuts in front of her. And she yeah. just looked and went, right, which one's the most responsible? <laughs> and they all just pointed at Rod, who was this hippie from South Africa. <laughs> he had long eyelids in Cornwall now. And uh, long hair. Rod, Rod, Rod Peasley, long hair, and Frank Zappa beard, rings on his toes, a sarong, <laughs> you know, and they all just pointed at him. So Ma gave him the keys and said, close the windows on your way out. But she came back from shopping oh, because we'd all been living in these B&Bs used outside as your fridge. So right. um, you would put your, your you put your shoes on the window ledge, yeah. you know, to stop stinking the room because yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, worked yeah. on like green flash or whatever in those yeah. days. And, but if you'd bought butter or food or anything, you'd be tied in a plastic bag out the window. And hang it out, yeah. So my ma come back to her little palace in the middle of this housing estate and there's just shoes and food. knickers and stuff <laughs> hanging out the window and she'd come in and she'd, what the hell's going on? And Rod sit in the back garden, cross-legged, doing his chanting and they're, they're playing T-Rex and just that was the start of it. How different... It was that return home to when you returned home from a boarding school. You, you said you returned home then and felt you wanted to be close to people but weren't and yeah. felt alienated and therefore f- from, from your dad as well. Whereas this time it feels you've gone, right, I'm, I am going to be, this is going to be different. This is going to be me returning again. This is a change from what you know, but yeah. this is this well, is fine. Really, it's it all right. Really, look, look how I've done. Yeah. I've got, look at all these people that I know now. You know, yeah. it was look, it was a great me. I suppose looking back on, look at me. I don't yeah. need you since I've got this. You know, yeah, type yeah, thing, yeah. Um, which then had a um, effect of people who were in my position six months before wanting to come to London because it's yeah. I'd 
sold the idea too well to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the wedding was mad and they got to know all these people and then various mates came over. I was going to say, the, the reason that you ended up in London was because you knew someone there. Yeah. Suddenly, and then I half the, the people in your town now know someone there because yeah. they know you, they've met all these people yeah. at the wedding, there's so many. Yeah, that's what happened. A huge influx, I don't That's imagine. what happened, that's what happened, you know. I was... Uh, Farage would be really pissed off, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's you know that's I had loads of mates who then came over, and you know I came back the next um, January with a newborn baby. Yeah, um, with this sort of naive idea that maybe we would find a flat. Yeah, you know, but of course it was Thatcher's Britain in '83, and yeah, everything was being sold off in Westminster, and yeah, you know all that. Um, we just were homeless for ages, mm. you know. Um, but even then, that wasn't easy. But even yeah. then, again, the, you, you had a, a collection of a tight knit collection of friends, all yeah. living in a different hotel, who were all in different situations. I was going to say, it, it, it feels that um, almost economically, it feels that it's that time was is very similar to to now, where yeah. the idea of moving to London is almost laughable but the difference feels more like at that point there was also more of a counterculture there was more empathy there was punks and there was hippies so yeah. although you might not be able to get like there was more of a community and unity that you could yeah. you could exist and get by whereas that feels somewhat missing now it feels yeah, more there was a weird, it was a you weird either time. come to london or, i don't know you leave essentially yeah. you leave or yeah you're being forced out or yeah. you're or you're coming in because you've got a contract yeah exactly you're, you're coming in some corporate level yeah but um yeah it was a weird time musically because it didn't really you know i wasn't connecting with any of the new music it was around right. in the 83 84 it didn't yeah. really really you know yeah. i ran the world was on then around that time yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that. i'm trying to think what was the musical highlights and there wasn't really but i, be- I became i went further into you know, the um, music like Neil Young. And yeah. I, I discovered reggae over here and a lot of dub yeah. here, you know. My brother-in-law, my sister's um, first husband, was a big reggae fan. And mm. he got me into reggae and soul and stuff like that. But um, then discovered dub over here. Yeah. And uh, a lot of northern soul as well. So yeah. that was sort of the flavour. Um, th- and people uh, were, you know, everybody just shared everything, you know. That's definitely the time th- that reggae was starting to get its... It's 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 footing over here, and you know a lot of the the, the dub plates were being brought. It's when tr- Trojan was just starting to yeah. to be you know a, a bigger thing and, and and bring a lot of stuff over. And Don Lips, obviously, yeah. A, a there was dub vendor there, down but... in there was dub vendor down in Labrick Grove. We used to go to and just right. stand outside that and listen to it, and yeah. you know, or go down Portobello. Like Portobello to me was just I couldn't believe Portobello. It was like the Secret Garden. I remember being taken down there uh, the first time I, I came over. And just walking down Portobello Road and just yeah. going, I, want, I never want to leave here. Yeah. Just the smells and the yeah, people yeah. and the, the vibe. And it just, you know, it's like your first time going to Glastonbury, I suppose, or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah, you just yeah. go, oh my God, this is amazing. I never want to leave. Yeah. It completely. just, it fitted me, it fitted me so my sensibilities so perfectly, you know. I think it's, it's again, it's, a, it's, it's, the, there's got to be a certain mindset there as well, because some people, would get panicked or or run away from such new and crazy things, and then yeah. it's a certain mindset that you're like, "What the fuck is this? I want to, I yeah. don't ever want to." As you said, I don't want to leave. This yeah. is this has to be. But it was also, you know, again, hindsight's fifty fifty. But my mother was from the markets in Belfast, right? And my ma was at in her element 
when she's banging people out of the way to yeah, try yeah, and get yeah, a bunch yeah. of those made, a bunch of take, yeah. you know, that sort of watching her hustle in a wee market, fruit and veg market yeah. or clothing market up in Belfast or going shopping with her on a Saturday. We were just dragged, yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. the busy traffic. And my mum yeah. was always just negotiating traffic. My mum would have dealt with, um, a, you know, India at its busiest, no problem. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? It, was, yeah. it wasn't a, a blind bit of problem for her. She yeah. used to drag me all over town like that. And um, even coming down, down, I live in Brixton now, and God rest her soul, I remember bringing her to Brixton and she was just in her element. And I get, yeah. I get that. It yeah. must be the part of her genetic setup. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely Alice's son in that way. Yeah. When I walk down Portobello, just that tingle. There's a bargain here. They might get something I'll never. What did would I really, really want? Yeah. And I used to, I used to set myself little tasks. What do I really, really want? And then I would set out to try and find it in Amazing. the market that day. Yeah. And you would. You yeah. didn't get that week, you would definitely get it the following yeah. week, you know what I mean? And you could hustle for stuff and you built relationships with stall holders and all that, you know, yeah. there was nothing better for me than being in... Uh, London was about the opportunities to meet people, get a wee squeeze, get into the swim, as uh, yeah. as Neil Maskell would say. So, yeah, getting into the swim of uh, life, you know? So what was the... Uh, uh, was there much of a plan at this point? Was c- a comedy no. coming into your mindset then? No. Or was it literally just... I don't know. Essentially, a day to day. I mean, you've now come back with, with child and with wife, yeah. and you know. So, how was that? Or was there anything that made you think, right? I need to, to figure out. I, I know I'm here. I need to figure out why I'm here and what I'm doing here. Yeah, that no, I, that didn't really come into my head. To be honest, I just lived each day as it came. Yeah. Um, I didn't think, you know, the things that I didn't realize my skills were something. Or my interests were skills as something that I could trade yeah. as employment. You know, yeah, that didn't yeah. make that quantum leap from being a massive um, Billy Connolly, Robin Williams fan, knowing, you know, uh, Live at the Met backwards or yeah. Billy Connolly bites your bum backwards or quoting Life of Bran and, you know, cracking jokes and being the funny guy in the bar. I didn't see that as, well, why don't you do that then? Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, like somebody said, first time I heard Elvis Presley, and I thought I went and got formed a band. It never, that, I never made that quantum leap yeah. in my head because it was like, you know, I never thought that I could do the things that I wanted to do yeah. or I, that my heroes did. Yeah. I thought that they were, they're in another dimension somewhere and it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't something that I would reach. It's strange reach, w- where know? the boundaries um, so I never thought about it. are imposed because, again, a, 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 a lot of people wouldn't have thought to you know just move to another country at a young age or have that you know without security or without yeah. anything else but you kind of had the openness for that yet things like just i don't know um optimizing or using your natural yeah personality traits i guess it's in in a way it's too too obvious you know I mean? yeah, it's, just, it's the, just you it's yeah, not but really also there was, you know I've, I've thought about this long and hard and you know i've you know, I didn't have anybody in my life growing up who thought, do you know what, you're really good at that thing, why don't you do that yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was no sort of Yoda character in my life, you yeah. know? My dad, my dad had his interest, my mum had her interest, and, you know, um, and so did my sister, so did my brother. We just had, you'd had things that you did when you weren't working, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, so the idea was you got a job and that, Helped you, you know, when you got free time, you've done the things that you liked, and then you've done yeah. your job, you know. It's the, I mean, I mention this all the time, but growing up in Essex, it was years before I realised, or before I even considered what working in London meant. Yeah. That was everyone's goal was to go and work in the city. Yeah. No one ever told me what the job we were, that we were all trying to get is, or what, yeah. you know, it was just a 
just working. And yeah, so it's a weird one that you 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 kind of get brought up and built to have that. All right, I just need to get yeah, a job. Need to get a job. It's get like, a job. Get a job. Than any specific, you know. Uh, Boys my black stuff was on around that time. It was give us a job. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But also that you know coming to London as well, and then you know it's this great sort of thing the way your life starts to come together despite you sometimes yeah. so as I said earlier on you come to London I was quite a, I was exotic yeah. to a certain extent with certain people who became friends and then they seen qualities in me that then they highlighted well that's yeah. really why don't you so I had friends who were constantly going why don't you go and do that Yeah, you should do that yeah. and, you know when I was a cycle courier I had a friend Kim who used to go and see who worked in the BBC and she was secretary to Harry Thompson and uh Big Geordie Kim, she'd come to my wedding and stuff. And we'd right. met in Derry down yep. in, in the hotel first went to. So she was really close friends. She got to work in the BBC, so it was really great to be able to go and be met at reception and be brought up and she'd yeah. get me a cup of tea and sit in her office. And then, you know, I was um, there was a courier magazine called uh, Moving Target and I used to send little um, snidey, silly letters and anonymous letters into them yeah. and then got this guy, Buffalo Bill, who was the editor, to uh, allow me to write for them and then right. I showed them to Kim and she's got it's funny you should be writing for radio Yeah, there's this thing called Weekending and they look, they always look for uncommissioned writers so the commissioned writers were people like Stuart Lee and um, Al Murray and people like that yeah. um, they all they were the commissioned writers and Amanda Unici and yeah. Harry Thompson were the producers so then they would come out you'd sit in the corridor and they'd come out we want such, by tomorrow one such and such and stuff on this, this and this. So you go off and I thought, I'll try that. So yeah. I wrote a couple of bits and got some bits on, Yeah. which then when we go, oh, maybe I can, I can do this. the yeah. penny dropped with me. Yeah. And it was in weekend. Again, it's, it's that simple thing of someone saying, yeah, no, this is this yeah. is good. This is I good come, to the extent that we're putting it, we're using it. This, yeah. you know, this is a like, confirmation of people who don't um, have to give you a compliment, yeah. giving you a compliment is the big one. You Completely. know, your ma always told you you were great and you're the smartest boy and the most beautiful lad in the world. Yeah. And your your dad, well, well done there, big lad. You know, but if a complete stranger who would rather walk past you, turn around and go, that yeah. was good, here's some money for that I, that bit of good you just done. Yeah. I, I gigged yeah. in, in most towns in the UK before I ever gigged in my home area yeah. at all for, for exactly that. It was like, right... I've seen a lot of local bands and a lot of local artists who have all their mates come to every gig or if they're playing in London, we all, all get on a coach and we all go and, and watch them in London. And it felt that's not actually going to develop anywhere. That's just your friends telling you you're good. And they have to, you know, yeah. they're not going to... Or, or Either they have to or they're going to be a bias because they're going to be like, fucking hell, that's my mate doing that. Yeah. So I, I had exactly that. I was like, right, I need to go and try things out in front of strangers. Yeah, make strangers like you. Before, and then, yeah, if you've done that, then, as you said, they don't have to like you. There's no reason for them to tell you it's good other than it actually being so. Yeah, and for me, that was that was sort of the starting point. I still didn't really think. And then another mate, Stuart, had just kept badgering me about stand-up. You should do stand-up, man. I was like, you know... I didn't think I, you know, I don't think it was worthy, or I didn't think it was capable. I didn't, but I also knew that it was a very public humiliation if you couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, and so the fear of it. Yeah. And I remember one of the big nights was, I was ringing around for open spots, trying to get open spots, yeah. which is an unpaid gig, yeah, yeah. five minute gig, and uh, there was a club called the VD Clinic, mm-hmm. which is in Belsize Park. I think it's the White Heart in Belsize Park. There's a guy called Kevin 
um, who's Joe Caulfield's um, husband. Right. Uh, Scottish lad, bit of a uh, rockabilly um, clash yeah. character, you know. And yeah. anyway, I'd rang him under Stuart's coercion. And uh, he says, look, we're free, full this week. It was a one headliner and the rest of them are open spots for the yeah. compere. He said, but why don't you, because I charmed him so much and had a bit of banter over the phone, mm. I think, because it was Northern Irish. Yeah, he yeah. said, why don't you just come on up anyway and I'll put you and your mate on the guest list and you can have a feel of it and see how you feel. Yeah. So we went up on a Sunday night and um, stand at the bar and he came, he got let me in and he came back and he's everything all right? And I went, yeah. He said, what did I say to you? And he says, look, uh, come up and have a check it out and maybe we'll try and get you in a couple of weeks' time. And he went, all right. So he went off, thought nothing off it, smoking, drinking. He comes back and he went, somebody's dropped out, you're on first after the break. And I was, oh, 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 whoop, whoop. Um, Damn. And, and I remember getting up and having a few of those, remembering those gags. So say that thing, don't be, that was funny. Yeah. Don't, don't, be, don't forget to use that. And I'd get up and I'd, my opening gambit came off the top of my head, which turned up in the spotlight was right in my face. And I said, um, I love... Sp- Oh, that spotlight's making me feel homesick or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it got a big laugh. Yeah. I think I said I'm from Northern Ireland, the spotlight makes me feel homesick. Yeah. And then because I got the laugh, the laugh lasted for a long time for me to spin the roller decks in my head, go, what was that like other thing? Was what was that other thing? Yeah. What was that other thing? I threw those out and before I knew it, I was off stage. And then I couldn't sleep that night. And, I, you know, I couldn't get drunk that night. It was just it yeah. hollow legs. Yeah. And I, I couldn't sleep. And I just I went, oh, this is... This is yeah. it. This is. Um... It's. I mean, it's. It's amazing. In it. In a way, as as horrible and scary a situation as that is, it's almost the perfect situation as well. Because if it goes well, then that's just you know. Imagine a, a, what you could do if you were prepared. Yeah. And then if you had had fallen on your ass, there would be an element of well, I knew. You know, I got my first slot moments before. You know, yeah. I not had that time to prepare. So in. In some ways, in a way it helps. It, yeah, it, it th- it's thrown you right in there. It's easy to say when it happened to go well. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy one to. Then the, the next stage to is to do it. Is to yeah. keep doing it and keep, you know, keep doing gig after gig after gig and dying on your arse and learning how to die. Yeah. and learning whose fault it was and what was the problem and what went right. I'm taking taking chances and actually using the potential for death to yeah. try out material and yeah. expand your your stage presence and do all those things, which then becomes the hard apprenticeship yeah. that you've got to set yourself and then that becomes you know that becomes the, the joy of it that becomes the obsession yeah. and then I, you know um, and I went up to Edinburgh that year and done a newcomers competition and then and um, nearly won it and then got offered some TV work off the back of it and straight yeah. into the comedy store which is next door to here the Storm Nightclub yeah, yeah, was the yeah, old yeah. comedy store and Kim Kenny who run that who was the uh, booker come up to me after the the show and just went I'm getting you in for a straight weekend before it moves to the new venue so you can say you've played the old comedy store. So I'm not going to even bother giving you open spots. And it just, those lovely things started happening. Amazing, yeah. And uh, um, Seamus Cassidy, who was the head of Channel 4 Comedy at the time, got me into, um, in with Rapido to that Naked City, yeah. which is the Johnny Vaughan, Caitlin Moran thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vehicle, um, which broke Oasis and bands like that. And, yeah. And the, uh, so I was the roving reporter on that all of yeah. a sudden and I had my own little spin-off show called Butt Naked where I jumped up and then introduced it on 25 minutes of un, um, uninterrupted... So ever the band was on, like Manic Street Preachers yeah. or, you know, Brand New Heavies or whatever at that time and they would have... They would do the last track as the titles came up and yeah. then we'd change the 
the end of the um, the backdrop to butt naked, I'd jump up, introduce them, and then it'd be 25 minutes of Manic oh, Street Preachers. Yeah, that's great. So that all happened within like five months, four or five months. And then it must it, have been an amazing yeah, turnaround to completely suddenly feel from, you've landed in yes. such a manner that it's all just in, all, all fallen into place. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was just a. Um, Lovely, beautiful mistakes all around yeah. you, and beautiful. Um, and you know, I put it down to people seeing in me, which I stuff that I didn't either didn't see or did see and didn't see it, didn't think it had any currency. Yeah, and that was the you know, the joy of London and the yeah. joy of, of a new place, and you know, that joy of new friends who love yeah. you and and want for you, want the best for you as you yeah. do for them, you know, and that that new relationships, that new intimacy that maybe you'd lost between eleven and sixteen, you were getting somewhere else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why the, that's you know, that's why London to me is always you know, I've grown up in London. And it must know. be great to um I dunno, to find yourself um m- mixing in circles that are like that. That not only is there a lot of people who are doing a lot of interesting and amazing things, but that are all happy and excited to yeah. interlock and interplay and and also be a bit older, you know. I had friends who were a lot older than me, so the ones who were like Stuart's like about ten years older than me, so yeah. you know, there was a there's a time when it's strike now or it'll never it'll never happen, yeah. and they were they had the hindsight to see that I was hovering around a place that I was blind to, yeah. then to go no there do yeah. that. So right. I did, you know. I took right. I took their trust, but also to be then. So that extra urge to go look. This yeah. This is about. This is potentially going to be a missed a missed thing. Yeah, here. because I have missed it. Sure that you're, I'm ten years older. I'm yeah. ten years ago. I missed that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then to be then to go into a world of stand up where I'm like ten years older than everybody's around yeah. me, but and I've got kids and I've got a, um, a you know I've got a marriage and I've had all that the homeless struggle so my stand up became story it was storytelling yeah. it was never have you ever noticed you know yeah. it was never a difference in cats and dogs it was never it was never that sort of style of stand up you know there's a, a spoken word artist I'm a big fan of and good good friends we called, called Polar Bear uh-huh. and he always would fight anyone calling him a poet or or, or given any kind of label because his thing was this is just what my nan used to do yeah. This is just storytelling. This is we'd yeah. sit around the table, and my nan would just tell st- st- stories. I've not been trained yeah. as a poet or trained same. as a comedian or anything else. It's like I'm telling some stories up here, and that's yeah. same. It's just a natural thing there. Yeah, for me, it was um, it was you know my career is based around uh, my stand up career was based around remembering my man dad said and did. Yeah, you know that's yeah. all. Yeah. I, all I had to do was just remember their stories because they told stories, and my mom was a great joker and a great storyteller and a great wit. She was very quick Belfast wit yeah. and my dad was quite was funny but philosophical and would make his own little little um, sort of um, parables up for life yeah. life's like a wheelbarrow it's always in front of you stuff yeah. like that yeah. you know what yeah. I mean so I grew up around those things and being able to fuse them and then you know um, then the next sort of level came out of that because of the storytelling you had to condense it down to make it palatable for a drunken 20 20 minute audience and and Jonglers Camden or whatever so you would take all the water out of it and squeeze it down and they're just little you know a little pastel of of, of funny you know and then you know telling these stories living with um, my flatmates um, Simon and Nick and we'd sit around telling each other stories doing what we're doing now what we were talking about we'd do that for we'd done it for years because I mean obviously with Simon and Nick um uh, 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 when I was first aware of you, I uh, was in Spaced as, yeah. as tyres and uh, learning 
I, I like, I think I went to a and a of theirs at, at some point and learning that you were tyres because you'd been a cycle Curry, c- yeah, c- yeah. C- and it's, it's that simpler thing of that yeah. you're living with these guys, you all know each other, You it's easy to go rather than would you like to play this person or we've got this character going, let's put you let's yeah, take and I, you and put you in this essentially obviously also, script it exaggerate or whatever but let's yeah. essentially take you and put you in this, this r- rather than that yeah, yeah and or I think can you play this guy or that guy the funny's in the truth as well isn't it yeah. and you know that you know if you're if you're trying to write a sitcom like Simon and Jessica where you're a sitcom needs characters so you must be just sitting going what, we need some characters and then you start yeah. looking at Nick and you start looking at me and you start looking and go well they're pretty much ready made yeah, their lives put them, in. put them in you know yeah. you know um, so that that's how that sort of came about but what really how my acting really came about was having that confidence to go up to Edinburgh through sitting around talking to Simon and Nick and for other friends who's did the house used to be just full of people. And we'd all tell stories and we'd all have the crack and make yeah. little films and all this. And Nick would do these amazing characters that were just for me and Simon. He would play these characters. And uh, and I would tell stories. And they were encouraging for me to go, well, you made some stand-up. He said, but expand it. So I took them up to Edinburgh and became... Um, more theatrical based character based yeah. um, plays so it became yeah. a theatre a trilogy so the yeah. first one was more like a storytelling show and the second one became more like a play and the third one was very much like a play yeah. and that was me making the transition from stand up into acting then. then I got the acting bug and and, and what a place at the fringes for, for well, that kind yeah. of thing to be able to get to go there and go right I don't know a, 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 what this is, is yet if it's stand up if it's you know storytelling but then what Form? Am I just going to stand yeah. there and tell a story? Am I going to sit yeah, with a pint and tell a story, or is it going to be acted? Or well, also you you've know. got to, you know, you're. Um, it's changed a lot, Edinburgh. From yeah. you know, um, I don't want to sound like Old Man River, but in the, like I caught the, the last sort of tale of the comet of people who done what they've done in London and then took something different to Edinburgh because yeah. it was the opportunity to, to try something completely different. Yeah, it wouldn't completely. necessarily have an audience down it's here. Why, it wasn't just a white guy in a three-button suit standing yeah. with a microphone talking about cats and dogs, hoping to get a four-minute slot on Channel 5. It, it's, it's why I've, I've not returned yet. I did one year there yeah. and it's that feeling of I wouldn't want to go back and do anything that I've done previously. You know, yeah. if, if I ever go back, I need to have a new show that yeah. is an Edinburgh show. It has to be something of, that's a compulsion. If, you know, there was... You know, my, you know, I'd seen a lot of other people around me doing fantastic shows. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, and you know, great stuff. Simon's one man shows were just amazing. Yeah. Because it was him on stage and just taking it and being like really lovable with these quirky stories, but then would take you somewhere weird yeah. with it, you know, yeah. and gently sort of take you into the yeah. into the other dimension. And just you know, people, you know, like the, the the Bush Boys and all that, you know, and it was great. And Johnny Vegas when he first came yeah. up and all those things, you know, and and uh, you know uh, David Williams and Matt Lucas and people like that, you know, yeah. all of that was going on around that time. Um, but it's a shame now that so many uh, comedians are going up and getting into so much debt yeah, uh, in the hope that maybe that's going to be the, the big finger of TV commissions are going to come their yeah. way. It's, 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 it's a bizarre it's, world it's, now. It's now become... Maybe the free fringe will change it a bit or has been changing it a bit. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I don't go up that much, so I'm not going to bang on about something I don't really know that much about yeah. at the moment. But for me, going up 
Um, at so that, that's what that, ignited your that acting. Was my, as... Yeah, that was my um, that was my radar. Mm. You know, yeah. was, you know, you were once you'd finished the show, you were if it was successful, you got the chance to take it to other places or other countries. Yeah. And while you were doing that and going to other festivals, you were thinking of the next show, yeah. and then you were trying yeah. to get that together and get a poster for that, and get and try and get a get a, a producer interested and a director on board, and then yeah. you were getting that to and taking that up to Edinburgh and all the time. You know, I was from somebody who wasn't really interested in what I'd, what little I'd gained from my education and wasn't really interested in joining mainstream society, yeah. offices and stuff like that, to, you know, at 30, going, this is this is my new life, Yeah, you know, and to have that opportunity, you know, um, every yeah, day's a school day, every day's a joy, every day's, um, you know, it's given me so much enthusiasm. And it's, yeah. so when I look back, all these things have happened at the right time in my life really yeah. you know so, so so how was your transition into into tv acting and film acting or, or was it kind of i don't know a gradual and natural thing because i guess i don't know at, at what point do you feel you became an actor essentially because i guess with spaced and that you may not have felt no I you, didn't. you were just playing yourself and um, well, spaced. I was a, a fifteen stories high. I'm a massive fan. I, yeah. I know you're only in one, but I think that's one of the most underrated. Yes, definitely. A, a, a comedies. So, but things like that, you, you're very much being yeah. a, a, you. Essentially, was what yeah. the vibe I got. Yeah, Sean Locke, another genius. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'd love to Sean to stop doing um, game shows and start showing everybody what he's really he's, what he's, his genius he's, is. He's great and, in the game show. Like, it, it's oh, he's a brilliant. Weird one he's brilliant. He's, 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 his live stand is brilliant. But yeah. there's other aspects of Sean, and I think you know, um, I think the uh, fifteen stories really um, drained him a bit because he had to get involved in the politics of. Commissioners and, right, and yeah, all of that. Course. Anyway, but um, amazing series. But all that, if anyone sh- hasn't seen that, I, oh, I yes. recommend it highly. Go and go and buy the box set. It's yeah. just amazing. He's fantastic, and ben, yeah. Benedict Wong, Benny yeah, Wong. Yeah, he's amazing. I love well. him. I love and him. It, it it then makes me hugely excited when he pops up in these huge huge Hollywood films. Yeah. I'm like, there's Benedict. I'm one of the greatest men. <laughs> if you ever go to a festival and you're you manage to blag your way backstage, you will see Benny Wong at some stage and you will it'll it'll just make your festival. Yeah. He's such great a great festival companion. Yeah. I love brilliant. him. I've, you know, we've had such fun together. Amazing. I really love him. I think he's a great actor and Sean as well. Sean's my my favourite stand up. Yeah. You know, when I, he was the stand up I just stood and just went, Oh my days, yeah. you are brilliant. Yeah. You know. The first time I ever seen him, he done used to do he'd done a joke which was um I had a pig in a lump, I had a pig in a headlock, and I was hitting it over the head with a lump hammer. And I'm thinking to myself, "I fucking need a holiday." And that just was just <laughs> just that was just to I me. Mean, you could say, that's brilliant. That's you could say that you could do that. Oh my days! That's just he's, yeah. he's genius. I'm a, I'm getting a bit fanboy now. Yeah, but yeah, I love those two lads. And um, but for me, the um, feeling a, um, an actor when I thought. Oh, I'm proud of that. Yeah, I, 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 that was okay. Was um, quite recently actually. It was um, when I started working with Ben Wheatley. Right. because um, you're you know, in other jobs, you were really just saying other people's words, and you were right. You were shape shifting, and you were being a, you know, a whatever the character yeah, is. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, so because I had never acted before, mm. what I really wanted to do was try and be somebody you know what yeah. I mean and, uh, no this is making sense but um, 
when Ben did Down Terrace, yeah. he played Pringle in Down Terrace. Yeah. You know, um, the character was written for me. Yeah. And, and I was allowed to improvise. And Amazing. So when we got there, you know, all my fear, but also as soon as I got there, I realised I was in safe hands and it was going to be a good fun and I relaxed. And that's half the half the battle, be prepared, yeah. but also, you know, be relaxed as well. Yeah. You know, be relaxed into it. Be confident you're going to give a try and give a good performance. You know, yeah, up course. until that point, I didn't want to let you down, yeah, and I wanted yeah. to do hit all the marks, and I didn't wanted to learn on my lines, and it was all that sort of plate spinning, patting your head, rubbing your tummy yeah. thing that acting is. Sometimes it's like when you're learning to drive, and the guy says, "So you got to look at the mirror and that mirror, and put the clutch in, and change it into first, and make your hands attentive to it." And you yeah. just go, "I've got to remember all that shit." Yeah. So yeah. acting was like that for me at the start. So I was constantly going, "Fucking hell, Jesus, don't, I mean, I don't want anybody to go." To didn't want any to go to yeah. you I'm sorry Michael um, we've really persevered with you as an actor but you're going to have to leave yeah. now. we did yeah. you know um, I remember reading a, a one bit of advice recently it was it was just saying about when you're at castings or when you've been called in for a specific thing was just saying just remember they've you know in most of these situations if they've called you in it's because they want you yeah. to do that they want you you know it's, it's not that they're trying to wait for you to fail that yeah. the ideal situation for them is that they put you in it. So yeah. kind of be aware of that and have that mindset. And, you know, as you said, be more relaxed in yeah. that rather than that nervous kind of, I need to do everything I can to... Yeah, there, was two, there was two bits of advice I was given. Um, one was when you're doing stand-up was when you go on stage, pretend it's your encore. Yeah. So everybody goes, he's a bit confident. And you're like, yeah. hey, yeah. thanks yeah. for having me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when you're, uh, when you're going for an audition, pretend it's your callback. Yeah. You know, so you walk in and go, hiya. And they're like, we're yeah. already mates. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and they yeah, go, oh, yeah. who's this guy? That's He's great. all right, you know. Yeah. And that sort of gets you over that initial dry mouth thing, yeah. you know. Um, That's great. Because auditions can be, they can be um, life sapping, you know. Yeah. I've done some horrendous auditions where I've just lost sleep afterwards about yeah. it. Because that natural not wanting to let yourself down, I've got quite... I don't want to let myself down. I'm a working class lad who comes from a housing estate. Yeah. You don't want to be mugged off. Yeah. And you don't want to mug yourself off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I completely understand. I did. Um, uh, I had I had some some filming a few weeks back and I did, didn't sleep afterwards because I felt I could have done better. And obviously it's, 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 it's one of the first things I'm doing so I'm not an important cog in that, in, in, in that work. So it's... It's something that's you know I don't know moved on from quite quickly. I've not really got a place to say. Let's have a, let's have a few more takes of that. I think I think I can do better. But again, it's kind of I ended up being able to sleep by going. Well, you know, someone has has rapped on it. They've yeah. they've got what what they wanted. It, yeah. You know what I mean? I can't beat myself up over. I think I could have done that better. I think I could have improved on that. I could have done always this. do better. Yeah, we can yeah. always do better. I remember like um, Kill List. And there was a, um, of, of, for which you are, are an award-winning, yeah, a best supporting actor there. So, yeah. for, uh, without it spoiling it, there's a there's a major scene, yeah, with um, myself and Maskell when I come out of the tunnel, yeah, yeah, and um, and that was a big scene. It was a big yeah. scene, um, and we, these tunnels weren't real tunnels; they'd been fabricated in a, right. in a, in a you know industrial little industrial unit yeah. in Sheffield. So there was a curtain just at the end of the tunnel. So <laughs> they come out of the tunnel and Maskell grabs me down and there's, a, yeah. there's that scene. And um, But on the other side of it is a black cloth. So I've done that and then 
and and cut. And then Ben comes in and goes, give us a second, and he goes to the laptop, which because it's all linked to the laptop. Yeah. He looks at him and went, yep, okay, let's move on. And I went, but Ben, that's a... Are we I'm not doing that again? He went, what was that? No, and he went, no. But I, but isn't it better? And I started getting a wee bit, I could have yeah. done it better. And he said, look, listen, I'm not being funny, but it's my film. And, yeah. you know, I wrote that. Uh, you've done it great, so let's move on. Yeah. And went, oh, all right. Cool. If you don't do it well enough, it'll you know they'll tell you. Exactly, and again, it's it's, it's that it's 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 impossible to think of the whole. It's a director's job to think of the whole thing as a complete piece yeah. of work. It's your quite rightfully job as a human to think of your tiny little bit or your specific bit that you're doing now as the be all and end all. Whereas yeah, but also you don't want to get it out of proportion. Yeah. Don't blow it out of proportion. You know, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. You're part of the process, and if the, if the process turns out goes, let's move on. Then you've you've hit your mark. Yeah, my my a favourite night of the year is is New Year's Eve, and I always again tons of my friends will, will never get in their head that I love New Year's Eve because I don't go out. I stay in. I always spend a lot of time choosing what food I'm going to eat. I have some really nice food and I watch a film. Right. And Kill List was one of my wow. on my New Year's Eve film once. And generally I'm on my own and, and, and for that one I was on my own. And it just, yeah, it blew me away. It was absolutely, it's, it's, it's a great, it was, I didn't know what to expect. It certainly, I wasn't I, what I'd expected either for some reason. I was yeah. expecting more, I don't know, of a, a British gangster, I don't know, but still Dead Man's Shoes kind of area of British gangster yeah. movie type thing. But yeah, absolutely great. Yeah, that was um, great piece of work. I loved, you know, that was another embedding of talking about friends and, you know, because Neil and I didn't really know each other. Yeah. And Ben and Amy had sort of sat down and thought about us because we worked together, I'd worked with Ben on um, Down Terrace, but and yeah. Neil and Mayana and Emma had worked with Ben on other projects like The Wrong yeah. Door and yeah. um, Ideal. Yeah. Emma had worked on Ideal with Ben. And so they'd, you know, and he had wanted to get that ensemble together yeah. and especially uh, wanted, wouldn't be nice that you know, let's get Neil Maskell and Michael Smiley working together. Yeah, yeah. So it was already, um, you know, premeditated by yeah. him, you know. Um, That's great. And when we worked together, you know, straight away, we got on really well, you know. Did it kind of sneak up on you, the point where people are specifically thinking, we want to put Neil Smiley, and it's charming, rather than your your a jobbing actor as such, which obviously that's, you know, that never, that, that, that never goes away, but that point where you're, I don't know, and are respected enough or known enough or enough of a name for people to be... A writing specifically with you in mind, yeah. and or was that always there? Quick, 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 because I guess if if your start to it was people like Simon and that, yeah, are, are writing you regardless of any level of yeah. prior experience, writing for you because of you. Yeah, well, there's there's um, I suppose looking back, the um, the things that I'm I'm known for, are the stuff that's been written for me. Yeah, I, you know, because um, spaced, yeah, and um, down terrace and kill list and. Um, field in England yeah so um, yeah um, and long may I continue yeah. but there's because there's some well there's obviously something very beautiful to have bespoke words put in front of you yeah you know it's it fits, fits you perfectly and yeah, all that exactly um, and because there's there is the element of the shape shifting thing you know if you're as a as an actor you know you're trying to you're constantly trying to find out who you are as yeah. an actor and yeah. what am I good at what am I not good at what I do not want to do and what you find is the stuff that you don't want to do ends up defining who you are and yep. what you know? Yeah, that makes loads of sense. Um, 
because then you're going actually oh, I can't see myself doing that yeah and then you're not really going to give an honest uh, performance and because I didn't train yeah you know I didn't have different classes to go to where so then you're you're not accumulating a trick bag yeah or to be able to play different yeah. various yeah. characters and when I watch other actors do that I'm always in awe of them slightly yeah, yeah you know, sure going, oh god you're, oh, look, you're, you're great at that I yeah. love what you do there you know but um but then again there's the other side of me as well who's um, a bit of a snob yeah. who doesn't want to be um, affected by other performances you yep. know what I mean like I remember writing or, uh, been writing this play called The Caravan and somebody recommended going to see The Weir yeah by Conor McPherson right and me not going because I didn't want to be influenced by it yeah because yeah. I'm so, I was worried I'm such a you know I'm I'm such a a recorder I'll just suck it all in and yep. then replace it and bring it out somewhere else and you know, I've hold got, on me for six months I've and then got, pretend that it was mine. I've got a, a sealed copy of um, an Alan Moore, uh, a graphic novel called Lost Girls that I've never read, but I bought because I was writing um, a song where I was talking about um, it was basically s- s- set in a mental institute, and the three different girls in there were Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, a Wendy from Peter Pan, and kind of writing it as imagining that these these heroines of our, of these beautiful stories are actually a delusional yeah. a mental patients but kind of trying to write that and s- s- someone mentioned to me that this there's a, a lost girls it's not putting them in a mental institute but it's a similar thing it's an alternative trail yeah, yeah. and i bought that and i've still even though the song's out and released and done i still haven't been able to open and read it just in case i'm like oh shit i should have done you should have, should have like gone that, that way, or that, right. way, that would have been better. I thought you were going to wait until you'd done it and then do a comparison and go. Oh, well, the plan was a bit differently. That, that yeah. was the plan, but again, it was the same thing. I bought it thinking I should read this because I don't want to have a crossover. But then equally, it was that exact same thing as like, I don't want to be influenced either way by. It. Yeah. I don't want to be pushed away from an idea that I like because I then feel, oh, it's not original. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's original. It's a, if it's a good idea and you've come yeah. up with it. It's and influences are influences are influences. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, my influences are many things you know from my clothes to my taste in music to my taste in women to my taste yeah. in you know um, yeah. films and whatnot. you know what yeah. I mean and what I find funny and I, you know if I was to pick the stuff I find funny it would probably come from either people from my hometown who made me laugh or uh, or who I'm able to make laugh yeah. you know as you were growing up that became my dad I could make my dad laugh and my sister laugh yeah. that was enough that was my, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was to be here now it seems like it was a logical step, yeah. You know, and then I've, I've met people on the way, who, like Nick, for example. You know, one of the joys of sharing a flat with Nick for Simon and I was just to let for him to fly, him to stand in front of you and just you know and do these yeah. characters. He'd been he'd been sitting all day thinking about, yeah. it and he'd do this character he's been working on, and just crying with laughter at him, yeah, absolutely crying with laughter, yep. and he's the darkest, rudest funniest yeah. man when he's in full flight and he's unstoppable. I always remember the first time I actually just I, I, I went out and had a drink with Nick and with um, with James Serafinovich uh-huh. uh, uh, um, and I was just it was one of them that within moments it was exactly that it's like I'm just out with my mates and we're talking about stuff that we probably are glad that that no one's listening in on because it's yeah. dark and horrible and offensive yeah. and crude. But there was that instant comfort to be yeah. that dark and offensive and crude in, yeah. in front of each other. Yeah, there was a joy on uh, World's <laughs> End, sitting in a pop-up, that we, those little tents. Yeah. Um, 
out in I don't know, I can't remember what it was, was it Beaconsfield or somewhere like that? One of those spa towns up yeah. there. And um but sitting at a pop up with myself and Nick and Paddy Considine. Yeah. And just I darkening each other, I'd monstering each other. It was just <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just go, this is gorgeous, isn't it? This yeah. is gorgeous. Just There's that a freedom, yeah. that relaxed. Because Paddy's another hero. I love him. You know? Me too. I had him on the on the podcast a little while ago and have got to know him in recent years. And that's one that just, I mean, a room for Romeo, a brass for have me. You, just, fuck. Have you me. heard the uh, the director's commentary on Room for Romeo Brass? I don't think I have, no. There's, that's my little present good? to you today. I've got the DVD, so it's going to be Go back to the DVD there, yeah. and put the co- director's commentary. It's Paddy and Shane together. Yeah. And they must have had a couple of drinks. And yeah. they probably, I think they've brought a happy meal in with them to do yeah. the, the ADR. <laughs> and I, I watched it on my own. Yeah. And I've got this thing where I really enjoy watching stuff with other people as mm. well. Yeah. But especially if it's funny. Yep. Because then we can share the funny. Yep. But if I'm on my own laughing, I'm I'm like a dog looking out the window, looking for something yeah. to try and share it with. And I, I was like that, rolling on the floor, le- watching and listening on, to this. On, on, on last week's podcast, I had um, a, a Paul Vickery, who's, who's one of the guys who run the Prince Charles Cinema, and I I, I do a monthly film club there, uh-huh. and discussing exactly that. I generally choose films that I've only ever seen on DVD and that I generally have watched on my own and really want to watch with other people with a room full of people all the better yeah. so just had so many just things like office space and say anything and stuff that's again it's not it's not necessarily claiming in any way that it's highbrow but that it's just fucking f- great and yeah. from funny to emotional or tense that same yeah. thing of of um again we talked about i put a, a rafifi on which has got this amazing 12 minute a bank robbery scene, which is in complete silence because they're robbing a bank, so they have to be silent. And the tension building there was heightened so much more by being in a room of 50 other people who are also all silent and yeah. all kind of drawn in and on the edge of that. So yeah. all implicated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, just, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I want to talk a bit about A World's End because that's always... I think I've almost had the entire... A cast on now at right. this point, but I, I don't want to skim past Luther because that's been one of my favourite sh- shows of recent years. Yeah. And I think you've been a fantastic in that. How's that been compared to other things? Or because um, a lot of stuff that I've enjoyed you in, you've often been quite like if it's a TV thing, it'll be in one or two, you know, yeah. a, a, quite a brief thing. And this was one of the first things where they really allowed your character to develop or, or to build and be, you yeah. know, an integral part. I think the Benny character in Luther. You know he's he's all backstory in my head. You yeah. know I've got a whole backstory for Benny. Yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. you know, um, he lives with his mum. He's yeah. got, um, he, you know, um, in the first series he lived with his mum. He's got his room. It, it's like you know he's a, he's a big gamer, so he's yeah. got a big sound system in his room, and it's painted black nearly, and he lives yeah, with his yeah. mother. And then um, and in the series two, he. Um, his mum dies and leaves in the house, so he's got the house to himself. Right. But then he goes on those Guardian um, website type things and finds himself a girlfriend. So, you know, uh, he's, yeah. now he's got a trendier haircut and he's looking a bit, he's looking a bit well yeah, and all that. Yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. I've been building Benny up this whole life. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to s- sound ridiculous or, or sick of funny now, but it, it, it has that feel of a character that I've, I'm sure the first episode he was in, I was thinking, has he been... So I know this kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It felt already, it didn't feel, I I found that, I mean, everyone always goes on about The Wire, but I think The Wire is a series that as soon as it started, I'd, 
honestly, the first episode I watched, I took it out about 10 minutes in to see if I'd put the wrong disc in because yeah. it felt like they've just gone, well, you already... Like, there wasn't yeah. introductions. It was just his... This yeah, is already, pandering already to you. in the middle of it. It was like, what? This isn't This isn't how you start. And it, yeah. it, it felt like that with Benny. It felt like he's, yeah, he's already been. you're like, you know yeah, this guy. I, think, well, I was given um, a bit of background on Benny in the sense that, especially in the first series, he was not necessarily a cop. Yeah, and then later on yeah. he becomes a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he was, he had been with John Luther all the way through, and because yeah. he's a computer expert, he's his go-to guy. He's the carrier of the secrets. He's the um, the guy that you know um, has the shorthand yeah. with Luther all yeah, the time. So they've got this ongoing banter, and it's a trust. So when um, Luther was moving up the uh, up the scales, he was bringing Benny with him, and he was you know when he was getting more and more successful within the police force, he was bringing Benny with him because that's you know that's. You know, is his online Batman nearly? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Batman who gets you stuff as opposed to wearing a rubber costume. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> he, uh, so th- that was. There's a, a sort of a. Um, there's a, a friendship there that's a, a very professional friendship, but it's also a massive trust. Yeah. You know, I was keeping people going, going. They should really call this series Benny because <laughs> you know Benny solves everything. He just tells yeah. him go to number sixteen, and he kicks yeah. number sixteen in. Yeah. But um, but you know he. The, Working on that was just is is just I've just finished um, another series of it. Yeah. Done, I've done a special which is coming out, Amazing. and another really dark one, another great story. Yeah. But you know, becoming friends with everybody on that was fantastic. Yeah. And um, Sam Miller, the director, yeah. his vision's just unbelievable. You know, yeah. what I mean, he's got. So um, I love Luther. I love it because you know I remember my ego was telling me, "God, you're not you're not doing much. It's, it's not you're not very dynamic." And you think, well, actually, there's a lot of dynamic characters in this program. Yeah. If, you know, if there's a lot of dynam- uh, dynamism going on around you, to draw focus a bit is to do less. Yeah. Don't yeah. try and outshout the people. Completely, exactly. As we um, were, were saying earlier about if, you know, you may think you've had a boring life, but somewhere else it's the polar opposite. Yeah. It's the same. You may think you're not doing much, but you're you're reining it in. You're, yeah. you're, you're the one that's not being dynamic and not, and therefore... Yeah. It number a one. It it pushes everyone else. It helps everyone else. Yeah. It makes their dynamic moments seem all the more dynamic. But equally, you're standing out because you're the rooted one, the grounded and you can, one. It gives you an opportunity then to be a bit dry with your humour, and you can play yeah. little lines, and you can bring stuff in and stuff. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, Luther was great. It is great because it gives you. Um, I'm not playing him as a character, but at the same time, he is a character, and yeah. he's not really—he's re- not really fully defined. Yeah. You know, it's—he's a bit of a thumbnail sketch that you can bring to it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember—you um, know—I never mentioned the, the Wire, and I was a massive fan of the Wire. Yeah. Never mentioned it because I had this feeling that he just been asked it too many times. Yeah. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, of course. Just get over it, move on, you know. And I remember, like, it was series two, series three, something like that. And they were doing a big overhead shot in the police unit, unit yeah. um, the unit base. So they had to run this camera on a rail across, so I had to set it up. You know, it was going to be pulled across, so it was like a, yeah. an overhead shot. And it was taking a long time to, for it to set up. So I'm standing with Warren Brown and Sam. And we're just standing, chatting, and... Idris is out of the room and Sam mentions the wire. So I go into one because I'm such a wire nerd. Yeah. I go into one about all the characters and what I thought of it and, you know, like String of Bell, obviously, yeah. genius. And that's yeah. da, 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 da. I just went on and on and on and then they all just sort of started smiling. I went, he's fucking behind me, isn't he? <laughs> I told you to start looking at me. Go, look, listen, 
two seasons. I haven't said a word. I, I, you sneaked in here. Just let a guy. Just let, let me get it out of my system. <laughs> so I asked him loads of questions. He answered them and moved on. Amazing. It was like I'd done the um, done the Dean Art Film Festival. I was yeah. asked to be one of the judges a couple of years ago. Right. And uh, Eric Cantona was was the, the head of the judging panel. Amazing. And I'm a United supporter. Have been since George Best since I was a kid. You yeah. know what I mean. And we were sitting having breakfast. I'd seen a film the night before, and I'm breakfast in a really plush hotel the next morning. Just me on my own. I look across, and he's there with his missus, who's pregnant. And I go, Oh God, I can't do it. Oh God, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus. And I go, Man, we're going to be with him for four days. You better get it out of your system. We'll just go over and say hello. And you've got a yeah. right to do it because you've seen a film last night. So you got your intro with me talking to himself like another. So I go over to him and I go, Eric, um, bonjour. Um, oh, the, uh, what did you think of the film last night? And Michael, Michael's smiling one of the goes, Hello, Michael. And blah, blah. So we could talk and then it. And I just, my cool just dropped. I just grabbed him by the end. We look, listen, Eric, Man United supporter. The three most important people ever come to Man United was George Bess, Alec Ferguson, and yourself. Okay. Now listen, I'm going to ask you for. Th- I'm going to ask you for autographs. So I'm going to ask you for three autographs and one photograph. Right. Three autographs. That's all I'm going to do. Three autographs, one photograph. You've got to give them to me. I can't go back home and tell people that you're, that Eric Cantona. I was with him and he didn't. Yeah. I didn't get his autograph because they would shoot me. They would shoot me in the legs, Eric. <laughs> they would shoot me in the goddamn legs. Just sign it. And he went, okay. <laughs> Got the shit out of the poor blood. So we we agreed when it was going to do it. It was just that getting it out of the system thing, you know. When you yeah. meet your heroes, just smash it up. You yeah, know? beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to Cannes this weekend, so I'm, um, there's going to be a bit of that going on this weekend yeah. as well. And I think the idea is just to not be call it, just call it. Yeah, you know, when you're in a situation, just, just be call quite it. open about it. Yeah, just look, call it, on. man. You know, I, I'm like that in social situations. I've been feeling you're trying to play a game with me. Yeah. mental game with me I'll call it Yeah, I'm not going to stand here and pretend it doesn't happen or I'm back, not going to take you forth. on I'm just going to go I feel like you're taking the piss are you taking the piss <laughs> and just blow it into the open just be straight in there That's just perfect. straight just get it out of your system don't walk away full of resentments you know get it out there I love it we're, are we getting towards the 75 minute mark I just I did some maths and so we'll, we'll start rounding it out but not quite yet Um this. Two more f- films I had noted that I really enjoyed, and one is um, is The World's End. Yeah. Um, how was that, having been there at the start, essentially with Spaced and yeah. whatnot, to see the kind of the the full stop on that kind of journey and relationship of so many yeah. into interweaving and interlocking characters, actors, writers, directors. I think it, um, I'm really proud of him. You know what I mean? There was a you know. Um, I'm proud of the journey. Yeah. You know, Simon and Nick went stellar really quickly uh, yeah. with Edgar and stuff. And there was a part of me, if I'm being honest, a part of me felt left behind slightly, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And, you know, if, but I knew what I knew deep down inside was you've got your own journey, mate. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. go on your own journey. Yeah. And to have all that journey take its place and yeah. then to be standing at the bar in this pub with, you know, people around you who you you love so much yeah. from either watching them on television or film or being in friendships with them yeah. you know Rhys Shearsmith and everybody yeah. that was there that day you know just felt, you know I think they're brilliant people and, and to come along for all that distance to come and all that time to come and to be standing there going geez we've done alright like they're amazing like I mean, they're amazing ex- they're, they're, no, Simon would never have guessed that level of um, of success yeah. and Nick and Edgar they wanted it and they worked hard to get but, it. But that's what st- st- struck me 
emotional watching that, and at, in, indeed at, at the at the at the premiere was that feeling of you've all had these crazy journeys, yeah. and then you're all stood there. It's not like there's any of you stood there being the one that oh we've we've popped you in as a favour because yeah. you never really did it. You've all gone off and won awards, done yeah. amazing performances in different areas at different uh, levels and everything else. And yeah, yeah, kind that of was beautiful to 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 get that ensemble back together essentially and go yeah. Look at us. This yeah, could have been us in in an actual pub, you yeah, know, a few and, years back. This this was just us. And, definitely. And definitely. look at it now. But there's a there's a pride there, you know. Um, yeah. Um, there's a pride when you, you know, somebody says that when my friends do well, a little part of me dies. There's also when you move on from those sort of um, resentments because resentments yeah. don't do anything other yeah. than hurt the person who's got them. Yeah. You know, um, you move on for that and actually show have proper love. Yeah. And. And have a wee bit of success yourself, and have a wee bit of you know, see what it's like. Get a wee bit of yeah. um, a wee bit of fame in yourself, and see what it's like. Yeah. And see, it has to be dealt with, and it's it has to be worked, and it has to yeah. be, you know, there's so many pitfalls, and there's yeah. not nice sides of it either. It can be quite yeah. nasty sides of it. Um, and for them all, still to keep the character, and still to be good, loving men. Yeah. Uh, and for us all to stand and go, that was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Well and to feel, you know, that little scene that I did with them in the bar. Yeah. When I seen it up on the screen, I thought, I was all right, I'd done okay there. Which, again, you know, in, in the early days, I would have thought, like, when I seen, I was never happy with any of my space performances. Right. You know, like you're talking earlier on about, you know, you thought you could do better. I look at some of the space ones and go, oh, God. You know? That's crazy. And it took me yeah. years to actually yeah. go, oh, it's all right now. Yeah. But it was because I, Maybe everybody around me I thought was so brilliant that yeah. I thought I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And that's just insecurity. That's yeah. not reality, you know. Yeah. Your feelings aren't facts. They're just yeah. feelings, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, you know, um, you can keep yourself in a, in a, a, a small space yeah. by listening to that inner um, dickhead who's telling you you're shit <laughs> and ugly <laughs> yeah, yeah. and nobody's going to be interested in you yeah. and all of those things. You know, once you get rid of him and just relax, you're there for a reason. Do yeah. the best that you can. You know, all of those things that, you know, and they're small things. There's things that I tell my kids. And, you know, what's the point in telling them to your kids and you don't believe in yourself? Yeah. You know, apply yeah. to yourself too, you know. Completely. And, you know, it's great. You know, we see each other when we can and we we speak on a regular basis. And, you know, it's it's lovely. You know, there's no bigger fan than me, really, of my mates. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm like the big yeah. brother, really. Yeah, that's perfect. Know? Again, yeah. particularly as you said, when you were a few years older and yeah. feeling, and had like kids when great. they, you know, when they were still wee yeah, kids, you know, we'd moved in together and they were like, effectively like students, you know, yeah. pizza boxes all over the place, yeah. and you could tell him any cups <laughs> of tea Nick had because he would never bring a cup into the kitchen. He would just go and get another cup. Yeah, so he would have like, you'd say, oh, you've had twenty cigarettes and you've had six cups of tea today. Yeah. <laughs> just be and there, the and he hadn't tally. moved. And he hadn't moved, but it'd be piles of pizza boxes or whatever, Brilliant. you know. And because I'd, when I moved in with them, I was, had been married with kids. Yeah. So I'd come out of that and I moved in with two wee lads. Yeah. So I all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. got, is anybody yeah. going to tidy up around here? Yeah. <laughs> so being the dad, yeah. being the big brother. It's so, bizarre. you know, and now we've all got kids, you know. Yeah. You know? All grown ups. All grown ups. I'm going to be a grandfather S- next month. Sneaks up. Oh, wow. Yeah. How my, scary is that? My, that's beautiful. It's absolutely They're beautiful. Right. I've got a. Um, uh, Beautiful daughter Jasmine's gonna have a baba, and um, Amazing. yeah, I'm so chuffed about that. Yeah. There's something about that. There's an extra, another dimension again. Yeah, and it's quite funny because I've got a wee nine year old lad and a wee four year old daughter, and uh, 
for them to get their heads around being an auntie at four years of age <laughs> yeah. and being an uncle. They're just, it's blown their minds yeah. watching them trying to come to terms with what it is. What, what does it mean? You know? I love it. And so, going, they're, all, they're going to be, here with the baby as a boy or a girl, they're going to be borrowing money off you in bars and nightclubs. Yeah. <laughs> get used to that. Yeah. You know. That's bizarre. Well, I keep pretending we're going to end, but I also <laughs> really enjoyed A Black Sea recently. Yeah. How was that? I that thought that was, was a great film. And Jude, Held his accent, didn't yeah. he? That was impressive. I was, I was scared. Uh, when he started speaking, I was like, you, "You're not going to be a. It's a good accent." They're, yeah, they're good I there. sat beside him in the read through, and um, as soon as he opened his mouth, I remember looking at him like that, and he sort of looked at me. And I was like, "My head was. Oh, you're going to go with that, are you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly whatever my accent <laughs> he, what, the accent he chose, he stuck with. It stayed. You know, and yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Scottish people sending emails in going, "We don't know what part of Scotland it's from." Yeah. Um, it sounded Scottish to me, but I couldn't tell you whether it was East Coast, West Coast, North, Highlands, yeah. whatever. No, but, but I said it, it didn't have any tinges of, it oh, didn't, this is... Sh- it didn't yeah, go into Mockney, it didn't go into that. Completely. Um, and, you know, the film itself, I loved doing, you know, I really yeah. loved doing it. And there was so many great actors on it. It's great and you know? s- s- simple kind of intensity. In, yeah. I mean, again, it's not spoiling anything that it's the majority of it is set on a, a submarine. Yeah. But it's more of a th- thriller slash horror than a you know anything else, and that's yeah. That's, that's, a that's of... simple. That 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 restricted area that there's no escape from. It's kind of if it, it it felt like a space movie, yeah. But it's in a submarine. Obviously, yeah. it's just doing the complete opposite and going like, let's go down, yeah, and yeah, where there's no escape, yeah, yeah. And also that you know, um, a touch of the uh, treasure in the Sierra Madre, yeah, yeah or yeah. sorcerer, yeah, those sort of things. And I remember um, Kevin, we watched Sorcerer. Um, after we'd done a read through that day, and he showed us that down in Pinewood, going, "This is sort of what I'm aiming for. Is what I, this is the, the flavour of this? Yeah. And it's about you know men, yeah. men together and greed as yeah. well. You know, yeah, the greed, your greed can take you to some really, really dangerous places. Yeah. You know, and you know, for me, I, I said it a lot in, when I was doing the promotion. But one of the big things for me was, you know, um, my father was a submariner. Right. So um, when he was a young lad from when he was 17 till he was, I think, 23 or something like that, yeah. he was in the submarines way out wow. at sea. For, yeah. And he'd tell me stories about that. So oh, my father's passed on too. eight years. Yeah. So, you know, um, I was playing him, really. Yeah. I was playing That's a beautiful. dapper version of Frank Smiley. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he was, you know, and his character, my dad was very, wasn't very demonstrative and he was never very... Um, if you came to him, he was incredibly interesting and really funny yeah. and dynamic, but he wasn't wasn't the guy in the bar. No. He wasn't like I am, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm, You'd I'm, have to approach him for it. Yeah, to get and he was ch- he was a big talker and stuff, so I can imagine he, he'd find a way to be able to fit into those tight networks of, of relationships that you yeah. get in the summer, and it's, it's incredibly intimate, like a hot hot bunking with the yeah. hot beds and hot bunking yeah, where you yeah, yeah. you know there's three people on different shifts all yeah. sharing one yeah. sharing one bunk and you know you can grow big beards like yours yeah. and you, can, you, can, you, can, you know you don't have to call your captain sir all the time yeah. and, you know and um, you have to be invited into the mess even the captain has to be invited into yeah. the mess and all these these things that don't have another uh, in the navy you know and they're, they're quite um, quite rebellious yeah. the, um, the, the submariners yeah, you know, so that was interesting to get a bit of that backstory in my head, and working with Again, Ben Mendelsohn and it's people great like that. To have, you know, have backstories and a character like that, a character yeah. that's your dad kind yeah. of in the in, in the back of your head. There, I had. I, I, it helps I'd you from help. getting lost 
yeah. within the story or just yeah. or or just you know stick into the script you know if it. you know it and you go to the director and go I was thinking about this and about that and he goes yeah okay then you can anchor that yeah. if you feel yourself getting a wee bit lost you can go back to that you know I, I, I had Howard Marks on the podcast a little while ago and he was one that it had that same feel of just that he's had the most insane life and got the most amazing stories yet it felt like unless you asked him about it it wouldn't come up. It, yeah. it felt like you could could sit and have a drink or a conversation, and it'd just be. Yeah. If you wanted to talk about what you're doing, he wouldn't interrupt and say, "Well, yeah. by the way, a look at the life I've lived." To kind of you know that if, natural thing there of yeah, if, always, if you inquire, then damn, you're in for a treat. That's yeah, I think he's he, he strikes me as the type of man who's you know who's interested in other people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah. that's. Um, and if you're a traveller like he was traveller yeah. but if you were the type of person he was yeah. who got about the world doing yeah, his yeah, business yeah. you have to be interested in other people yeah, because you yeah. have to hide amongst them sometimes yeah, or you have to clean information from them but at the same time you have to be a people person yeah. to be able to um, be travelling the world like yeah. that you know it's exactly right well we are going to have to wrap up now what's What's ahead for you? What's next? Um, What's on your books? I've got a film called The Lobster, which is Yorgos yep. Lanthimos, um, second his film after Dogtooth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it was first English, sorry, his first English um, spoken film. Yeah. Uh, is premiering in Cannes this um, Friday night. So I'm flying right. over to Cannes. Excellent. Friday and Saturday. So this will be out a week or two after that. So it would have already, but yeah, yeah. it's um, amazing. So they're going to be over there with all the. Stars in the Bars, which would be interesting. I've never done that before, so no. I'm really excited. I've just had a few suits, tailors, tailored up and some nice gear. Got nice, some nice gear for L- me. So I, I like my clothes. So I'm doing, I've got an oatmeal wedding suit that I'm getting uh, re, re-jigged, you know. Um, Beautiful. Pink seersucker. <coughs> that way. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm doing that, and then next month we um, we start Free Fire, new Ben Wheatley film. Right, yeah. With uh, set in Boston in the 1970s. Oh, wow. So it's like um, myself and uh, Killian Murphy and Luke Evans yeah. and people like that are all involved in it. Um, Army ha- Hammer. Killian's been going from, he's another one that I feel has just gone from strength to strength yeah. in, in recent years. He's an amazing actor, I think. Yeah. I really like him. I really like him. As I said, Fantastic. the other day we, went, we had dinner together and I really like him. We had the, one of those moments. We're just talking. We're liking each other, but when there's, you know, it's going to take time for us to, you know, you can't just be f- buying friends every, yeah, over, in one course. minute. And we're just talking about something. I went, oh, do you know something? I was reading this great Vanity Fair piece the other day uh, on Gene Hackman, and I'm a big fan of Gene Hackman, and it was given some of his older films. Uh, so my ex-wife bought me as a present, had bought me like a stack of these, I put them on Amazon, yeah. my Amazon wish list, and she'd bought me them all. And I mean, I watched this one the other day and it's just blown me out of the water. It's called um, Scarecrow. And Killian just went, that's my favourite film of all time. <laughs> and the two of us did spend like the next hour Shit. or two talking about um, Scarecrow. You ever seen it? Yeah, No, I haven't. Get it. Yeah. Get it. Gene Hackman, 1973 with Al Pacino. And they're playing two drifters going across the States. Gene Hackman's just out of prison. To... Al Pacino's just out of um, Navy. I like to grab that on the way home, I think. It's it is amazing. Yeah. It's great. It's a real indie film. Yeah. And there's lots of improvisation in it. And they join up together to go across. So Gene Hackman gets some money out of the bank and does car wash. And he wants him to start his car wash business. And he wants Al Pacino to be his partner. Yeah. And it's about their journey across the States. It's amazing. brilliant. Eileen Brennan's in it. Do you know Eileen Brennan? I don't think I do. You do. She was. Um, sure she's in wanna... Private Benjamin. Right. Yeah. Uh, very Irish-looking woman. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Rough-looking, sexy. You know, 
gets you into an arm an arm yeah. wrestling competition. She's in it. She's great in it too. So well, that's a, some to, great film. Give that a look. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. Um, uh, where can people keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Is uh, there... Twitter. Um, I, I had did have a Facebook stand up page, but you know. Yeah. You know, I get that. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a up, lot to I, balance, man. And they try and stuff. launch all these new ones all the time. Twitter is the one that's the easiest to just go. Here's some. Here's what I'm up to at the moment. Some shit, here's yeah. some stuff. Um, and then it, otherwise, you're just going to have to manage it, and you're going to have to design a website, and you're going to have to do all those things. And you know, I'm, you know, I'm still too busy taking the kids to school and doing all that stuff, and doing the dishes right. and cooking stuff, and getting learning lines, than to bother about getting a freaking website together. <laughs> The irony of most of the social media um, a wave is that you only really have time to give it any attention when you're not doing anything particularly interesting. Yeah. If you're doing, exactly. if you're generally doing anything of interest, exactly, you're too busy to be be tweeting about it or Facebooking yeah. about it. And so. also, like, it's also the, like being an actor. You know, what are you doing at the moment? I'm doing that. You know, it's it'll it's on it'll be on Twitter anyway. Yeah. But my wife's a journalist and a writer. Yeah. So websites are perfect for her because yeah. she can put her writing up on that Completely. and you can go back and have a look at some of her writing. And I go, oh, I remember she interviewed Grace Jones. I wonder, what, I would love to read that. So yeah. you can go into that for that. But for me, it's like if I had a website, it's like just go back and see one of my old films. Well, just you, yeah. yeah. Get on YouTube at the very least. That's right, yeah. You don't need me to take your hand and walk you back through my friggin' CV, do you? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on and having a chat. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Lovely. Thank you so much. How lovely is Michael Smiley? That honestly, that was another one that could have gone on for hours and hours and hours. Um, absolute honour to sit down with that guy and chat to him. Uh, really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it too. Um, and I hope you'll, if you're listening on a, on Acast. We would have had links throughout to all these different films and things that we're talking about and nerding out over and referencing, um, or as many as we can can pick up. There's only so many poor old old Warren can put in um, uh, when he's, he's tagging them all. So hope you're checking them out. Hope you've enjoyed that podcast. We will be back next week. What I would really like from you is if you could subscribe. It's, not, it's free for you to do. All you need to do is click subscribe. And what's even better because it would be really cool because now the podcast ended so you if anything you might have stopped already but if you click subscribe if you just go then into your settings on the distraction pieces podcast you can click automatic download and that means that it will just turn up as soon as it's on which is normally midnight um but like for example the other week we had a glitch where it didn't work so the beauty there if you've automatically downloaders you don't need to keep an eye on twitter or anywhere else for me to say hey guys it's working again it'll just automatically download onto your phone so if you could auto subscribe that'd be just swell um thanks a lot we'll see you next week this has been the distraction pieces podcast my name is scroobius pip i'm at scroobius pip yo on twitter and instagram facebook.com slash scroobius pip or scroobius pip.co.uk and always speech development records.com
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.